and they were like, yes, him and his family Classic. were like going around and killing all the spider characters. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I love that. Classic story, yeah. That was hot. <laughs> Spider Man, listen, Spider Man is goaded. I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> like. <laughs> Spider-Man really is like one of the greatest superheroes of all time. It just truly is like it is he what it is. He just guy. has it. Yeah, like he like top three maybe easily. He's he's got it. Mm. Yeah, he's popular. You gotta give him. You gotta give him his credit. <laughs> you he's you popular. Like him at all. He's popular. I'll never. Like, I'll never. I'll never take that away from him. So you're a host. I am. Ooh, no, I don't want to do that. I was about to say I'm Icarus because you know Eternals came out this week, but uh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you don't want to be him? Ooh. <laughs> I don't mean that. No, because like when you think of Icarus, you think of the MCU Icarus now. Uh, I mean, I well, like you'd. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. I'll do fastos. I'll be fastos this week. Okay. Um, well, I am Queen of Space, Miss Coriander's Starfire. Ooh, that's a good one. You love <laughs> Starfire. She'll she'll never get you the know. respect she deserves, but that's my girl. She was does not. Well, none of the Titans do, so <laughs> it's a horrible place to be these days. Like I would mm-hmm. not want to be a former Titan. <laughs> no. <laughs> the only one that's kind of doing all right for himself right now is Nightwing, but that's because. He bat related, like, so he always gonna be yeah. good. He always gonna be there. Um, I'm trying to think who else is a Titan. Who else is a Titan? Where's Beast Boy? Or he's in. They're in the Titans United miniseries right now. That's happening, which is weird. Yes. It's like it's like a weird miniseries. It's like kind of actually good and enjoyable, but it's a very obvious cash grab to capitalize off the TV show because like you look at this team, and you're like, why are y'all together? Why are Hawk and Dove here hanging out with Jason Todd? <laughs> like, that's so weird. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but like it does not fit. That. Um. Yeah. I don't think I don't think any of them are doing oh, good. Oh well, I mean, Donna. I Donna's Cassie doing all right. She's like about to be a trial of Amazons, but like look at Cassie's costume. Well, we blame that on on Bendis. That little brown you know. hoodie. It's given. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know they you know they reconned her um her origin. Originally, she was a the daughter of Zeus. Yeah. Um, but they retconned it once they gave that origin to Diana, to mm. where she is um the daughter of like Lennox Sandsmark. Who is um, he's a son of Zeus, so she's like the granddaughter of Zeus now instead of that, and then like also makes her like, related to Diana. What? I don't know why they didn't just make her like Ares' daughter or something like that. I thought that would have been better too, just to make a different a different god, but like whatever. And then like in the John's run with Cassie, he was like helping her. He's the one who gave her a lasso. Yeah, that would have been cool. I mean, I don't really I like Cassie, that. though, so whatever. <laughs> I do. I like her. But then, obviously, like, once they 
retconned her into being the grandfather, the grand, sorry, the granddaughter of Zeus. Mm-hmm. Now it's she looks it's like ain't that ain't that what Bendis would look think a, a granddaughter would look like? <laughs> so yeah, it would. And it's it's but she looks odd too because it's like everybody else got yeah. armor. like everybody else over here got on their like shoulder pads and their swords and their what you know all that stuff and it's like here she go with her little brown hoodie that don't even make sense and it doesn't make sense (laughs) she looks like she's 13 (laughs) 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 okay okay that's enough about cassie because she's getting too much time here she doesn't deserve um how are you feeling you were sick the last time we talked are you better? I'm feeling a little bit better. Yeah, you know, okay. I am. Uh, I took the time to try to get better. Obviously, I couldn't take too much time off work because I still got bills to pay. But I, yeah. like, I took medicines and stuff and really tried to sleep, and I'm feeling a, a lot better. Ain't capitalism crazy? Ain't like, it sick? <laughs> right? Like, damn. And it was like, <laughs> no, I still can't go to work. <laughs> <laughs> Like, damn. Okay, that is insane. <laughs> that is insane. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay. Let's go ahead and get into it. The Cogs of yeah. the Week. This week, we're going to start out with Eternals number eight. And this comes from Karen Gillen. And Isad Ribic is still doing the art. And, you know, shout out to Mr. Karen because he's about to start doing Immortal X-Men, too. And it's looking like one of the few books that I'll still be picking up post-Destiny of X. So... Same over here, child. You I'm know, I think maybe I won with that one because uh, mm-hmm. Exodus is on that council. And, and I feel like content from her. I was about to say, I feel like Exodus is a character he would write, especially since it doesn't yeah. seem like Magneto's gonna be on there. I don't know if you saw that little teaser. A, he wasn't on the cover, and then his name was left out of the press release. So mm-hmm. I really hope they don't make him into like some mustache twirling villain again. No, they can't do that to okay. Magneto. No. I think. I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) But Eternals. (laughs) You know, uh, so we get here, the Eternals are on Lemuria. It's Lemuria, right? And uh, they are, like, fighting the Deviants who have become excessively Deviant, and they've gone a little crazy. And so, like, Kingo makes a comment to Icarus, which is really funny about how, you know, I'm getting into actor mode, but I still miss the applause and all that. And Fastos is like, they look at us and know that if that happens to them, we'll kill them too. They're not going to apply. <laughs> <us>. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, come on now. And so, but you know, the you know, Fastos also kind of like talks to Icarus and he's like, you are just throwing yourself into battle. You know now how our resurrections work and like how we kill humans. You got to be a little bit more careful. And so Icarus is like, you're right. So he flies off and later on we actually see him with some deviants who are like the best gladiators on all of Lemuria. He's like, I need you to teach me how to fight smarter so I don't just die. And like the guy punches him, which was another funny moment. He punches him and he's like, you should have dodged that. And Icarus is like, what's dodging? Tell me about that. (laughs) I do not like like, Icarus. (laughs) Well, I like this Icarus. MCU Icarus would never do that. He would run, for sure. And so, you know, while that's going on, we also have, like, Thena. She's with her blue deviant boyfriend, and he's starting to grow the, like, excessively deviant uh, attributes, and so he's about to have to die soon. And, you know, all the way back on Titan, we have Thanos, and he has finally resurrected Druig. And Druig is like, he knows that something went wrong. He knows that, like, he probably tried to double-cross 
Thanos, he found out, but he's like, I'm going to be smarter about it this time so we don't make the same mistakes. And, you know, Druid, he's a snake, so he plays his part, and they go out, and then Cersei is in there talking to people. She discovers that Thanos has been elected Prime Eternal. This book was actually really funny this time around because she's, like, screaming into everybody's head. (laughs) And she's like, y'all need to listen (laughs) up right now. (laughs) And Kiko is like, like, calm down. Nothing is, like, that serious. You don't need to be screaming. And she's like, oh, no, I do need to be screaming. Um, but she's trying to tell them, and while that happens, Thanos pops up on Athena and them in Lemuria, and he's like, what's up? It's time. And, like, when Karen brings this over to Immortal X-Men, and he uses Exodus, you really will have one. I think I'll work with that one. That's gonna be hot, because I really enjoyed the way this, this issue, and the way he, like, has the Eternals speak with each other, and mm-hmm. the, like, the gravitas he gives Thanos, the way he speaks, like, Thanos mm-hmm. wants to have his body repaired, and uh, he has that assistant, um, Domo, who is like, <laughs> who, who says that he's always been an Eternal who like is like four breaths away from death because <laughs> he's just mm-hmm. old looking. Like that's just always how he's always been, and um, he is like, you know, did you fix my body? And he says no, like you didn't. We didn't fix it. We still need to figure out what's going on. Like you're a part of the machine, but not fully. And Thanos like is like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna make you my like head science person, and then he kills him. <laughs> and Why actually, not? like when he told him he was gonna make him like the new like head science person, I believed him. I was not expecting <laughs> him to like murder him. <laughs> no, rule number one: you don't believe Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then we like see a bunch of Druids like machinations. I'm really, really liking this book a lot. It's excellent. I think the this is like really good politics. Again, there's a great balance of drama and humor, and it all works. You never really feel taken out by it, and everybody's interesting. Cersei's messy, um, and because we see that she's the one who like paid Jack to mm-hmm. uh, have this have some of these demons changed so that Icarus could fight them. Like, mm-hmm. it's like. I love it. I love this book. This is a, yeah. this is a four out of five issue for me. Maybe a four point five actually, because I laugh yeah. a lot, like out loud, truly. <laughs> yeah, I would also give it a four point five out of five. It was it's it's hot. Shout out to the Eternals. They're doing what needs to be done. Okay. I wonder what these Oceanus Eternals are gonna look like too. You think they're like you know, Ooh, you know, Atlantean esque? I can't. Believe it. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, next up on the list is Black Manta number four, and this comes from Chuck Brown. There was a guest artist this time. It's Matthew Dow Smith. Um, now, you you still haven't gotten into Black Manta yet, right? I have not. I have not. Not yet. It's Actually, fine. I want it's, to, though. It's, it's, I mean, it's six issues. I, 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 of course, I recommend getting it, but, like, if you want to collect it and trade or read it when it hits DC Unlimited, it's like one fell swoop. I wouldn't be upset about that. As long as it gets read, because it's really good. I think, again, this issue does a lot of flat fleshing out of Black Manta, David Hyde, and just, like, the character and giving him some stuff to do beyond, you know, hating Aquaman. We also start to get a little bit more of the uh, deserter tribe of Atlantis. So everybody knows in Atlantis they're, like, the Seven Kingdoms. And so there's always been like this one tribe. Oh, I don't know. You might remember from the movie when they were in the desert looking for that one. Oh, yeah. 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 The deserter tribe. Um, they are, it was a group of black people. They actually went to Ethiopia, back to Africa. They were like where the first Atlantean okay. weapons masters were. And Black Manta right. is this, uh, a descendant of this tribe. 
And so there oh, okay. is this stone called the Oracolum, Oracolum, yeah, Oracolum. And a bunch of people in the world have like kind of started to feel sick and are dying because of this stone. So I'm theorizing that like all of these people are the people who are the descendants of this tribe of Atlanteans who left. And that's why they're specifically affected by it. And so they run into the little storm looking chick mm-hmm. and her and Manta are kind of like trading blows back and forth. You can tell there's a little romance button here because okay. they're like arguing, but the, like, they're like, he's telling her, stop talking to me or I will kill you. And she's like, yeah, you can't do that at all. <laughs> so it's like, I like to see you try, <laughs> um, which brings some nice humor to the book. We also have the other guy who's Devil Ray, who has this like weird connection to Manta. He's also trying to work on the Oracle Stones and he has these mm-hmm. two people doing something to absorb them. But when they do that, it turns out that anyone who is not a descendant of the deserter tribe, when these stones are like infused with them, they start to gain very high levels of radiation poisoning and they die. Oh, and no. So, yeah, so he's like, all right, well, I need Black Manta. And while that is going on, um, the girl, storm looking chick, they call her Tord now because she doesn't remember anything about her life. They go to Dr. Mist because she remembers that she was with this sorcerer at one time. Do you know who Dr. Mist is? Mm-mm. He he's like the black magic guy of DC. Oh, he's like bald. He wears this green costume. He's kind. He's got like this big black and red cape, but the cape is kind of ugly. But the costume's <laughs> hot. And so uh, Doctor okay. pops up, and he like knows the girl. He's like, "You are a child of the underworld and Atlantis." And she's like, "Oh, how do you know me?" He's like, "I know you, Black Manta." And they're just like, "You need to tell us what you know." And so he kind of like touches them, and he starts giving them some knowledge. He's like, "All right, let me help you figure it out." And that's where the issue ends. So, this was for. Okay, I looked yeah, up Doctor Mist, and he looks pretty cool. He's hot. He's hot. He's hot. And, and you know, we, okay. we, me and you talk often about how there aren't a lot of black magical characters um no right yeah and you think about like the doctor strangers of the world and the like the baron mortals and all that stuff like that and it's like you just even your magical girls you might occasionally get like a black magic chick you got storm but you look around (laughs) and you don't see that for the guys like the the black characters they get a lot of those powers that are electrical or like super strength very physical based and it's like okay so yeah dr mist and bloodwind are like two of the very few that we have and so i've always kind of had a little bit of affinity for them they're not honestly the greatest characters especially bloodwind because he hasn't really appeared since like the 80s but okay their costumes are hot and the potential is there and i think that's really all you ever need okay yeah yeah honestly a good a good look (laughs) in the powers can go a long way Um, but this issue I think was really good. I do think this art, Delandro's normally the artist, uh, Dow was like fine, but it's also a little bit muddy at times and it's not a lot of face acting in it. Um, the faces are actually kind of absent a lot of times. It feels like, I will say when he does close-ups of Black Manta, he looks just like Idris Elba. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's just like funny. That's but, fine. Um, all in all, the story is really good. Again, a great fleshing of Black Manta. I'd give it like a three point. I give it a three of, out of five. Solid. Okay, that's all right. Solid. Um, okay. And now next up on our list we have oh Wonder Girl number six, and this comes from mm. Joe Jones. We had a guest artist on this issue too. Hold on, let me look that up. Are you are you still reading Wonder Girl? I dropped Wonder Girl because it was taking a little bit too long to pop off for me. <laughs> um, but but I I am going to come back and catch up on the issues, though. Um, 
when we get to like the trial of the Amazons because I am excited for that. Okay, well, that's good. We can deal with that. Layla Del Duca is doing the art for this issue, so I will say. Has she started doing anything yet? She has. Yes, a little bit. So, <laughs> okay. So in the last issue, Hera basically um, gave Yara the choice to like be her weapon. Yara refused, and so this issue we see her trying to get away. She runs into this giant. They th- capture her. They throw her in Tartarus. She comes up to uh, Eros, like comes to her cell, and he's like, "How could you betray Hera? That means, you know, if you don't choose Olympus, you don't choose me. We can't be together." And Yara's like, "Just because I don't want to do that doesn't mean I don't care for you. I don't love you." Which I will say, this is one part of the book that I find issue with. I don't really think that the relationship that Yara is supposed to have with Eros has been conveyed well enough. Earlier in the book, he shot her with one of his arrows. So it's like she loves him because of that. But even so, it's like you don't really feel that when you see them together. And I will say it does feel like sometimes the book jumps without like too much explanation of what happens. Because so the last issue, her little horse, Jerry, the flying one, he died. This one, he pops back up. And she's just like, oh, my God, Jerry, like, you're not dead. I'm so happy. And like she gets on him and they like start flying around. And it's just kind of like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's just like, oh, okay. Even like again in this one. So in the beginning, when she's fighting this giant that apparently captures her and throws her in Tartarus, later on the giant comes back and starts attacking her while she's in her cell. And you're just kind of looking at it like, why is this happening? And then she like uses her little uh weapon, her bolos, and she knocks him out. But it was also like, well, where did he come from? Did he throw her in Tartarus in the beginning? Like, why is he coming back to attack her? It was a little bit confusing. Nonetheless, while all of that's going on, Donna and Cassie have met the new group of Amazons that Yara is a part of. And they are marching to Olympus to rescue rescue Yara and basically rage war on Hera. And while Yara is trying to get out of Olympus, the man who killed her mom and like attacked her tribe when she was a child walks up to it's like coming up oh okay he's and coming that's back. She, yeah he's coming back and she tells jerry she's like jerry fly off this is my fight and my fight alone and that's where the issue ends okay so hmm. it's like <laughs> it's it's trying to come together it's <laughs> It's trying to come together, and it's like, I really <laughs> appreciate that. And um, it's moving a little bit. It's chugging along. It does feel like a lot of what's being built here is going to tie into Trial of Amazons. So that's also why I kind of feel like maybe it's moving a little bit slowly, um, because I feel like between this, the new Amazons uh, that have been introduced in this, plus all the stuff that's going on in Nubia's book, I feel like that's where the big fleshing of that's going to be. Like, who are these Amazons? What's going on? Let's get the big story. Mm-hmm. And so, who did they say if like one person was just writing that event? The the March solutions came out. I have to look them I up. I think I don't think one person is writing the event. I think it's like a team, and I think it's going to be going through the rest of the events too. I mean, rest of the book, the Wonder Books, mm-hmm. like tie-ins. Hmm. I could be wrong. Um, no, that sounds right. I just don't know how I feel about that. Hmm. Hmm. I guess we'll wait till I guess we'll see in March. We'll yeah. see. 
Um, good for them. Good for them for having that event like that. I think the the, the Wonder 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 clicking up. It's clicking yeah. up. They haven't had one since There's um the, the the invasion of the Amazons or whatever that one was called. Uh, Attack of the Amazons or something. Yes. Like that? Yeah. That was bad. That. <laughs> yeah, that was time. It was bad, and that's when like Supergirl was like with the Amazons too. It was crazy, but. Yeah, it's just like the line's clicking up. Nubia's good. Wonder Girl's getting better. Um, I've heard decent things about the Wonder Woman book itself. And mm. they have a lot of like little minis going on, like the black and gold, the sensational stuff. Trial is coming up. The characters are popping back. They're interesting. Artemis, Donna's here. I'm into it. And know? I'm into it, too. I'm, it's, they deserve to have that, that like... The time to shine. It's it, it seems as though they're finally trying to show why Diana and like the Wonder Woman corner is the she's in the Trinity. And I think that's hmm, is that what we're going for? That's what we're going for. <laughs> it's they're build they're building up they're building up the mascara to at least have it rival Gotham or um any of the other stuff, like having him have its own corner. Okay. Yes, I will agree with that for sure. Um, and, but it, it was needed though. It's it's also like, why did this take so long? People love Gotham. <laughs> Everybody wants to just write write a Batman story. <laughs> That's a word. Um, but all in all, I would give Wonder Girl number six probably like a, again another solid three out of five. Um, there's still some like things here and there that you're like, eh, but story is kicking up a notch. Yara looks good in her little costume. She's swinging her sword. It's going to be interesting to find out like who this guy is and what's going on. And I'm still liking what I see of the new Amazon groups. They got hot costumes. Cassie's kind of annoying. Yeah. In, so. Why is uh, she annoying? What does she do? She's just like, oh my god, I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> 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 She's oh, like, gosh. I can't. She's like, I can't wait to learn everything about these new women. It's just like, girl, job. Um, but yeah. Next up, <laughs> it's, our, <laughs> uh, it's actually our final book of the week. It is Excalibur number twenty-six, and this is also the final issue of this series. And this mm. comes from Teeny Howard and Marcus Tell. And wow. Tell us about it, because you know I didn't read this. You know. All right. I don't know. I want so I'll tell you about the issue. Twenty six issues, and it's been it's, so it's been two and a half issues of I'm sorry, two and a half years of I don't know. <laughs> two and a half years of I don't know. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> huh? So this is what happens in the book. This is like the final issue. They are going to fight. Merlin and Arthur and all of them. So here was here was one of my issues. <laughs> At the end of the last issue, Betsy and Saturnine get separated from the group. They go into like this sea, um, and they're on this boat. And Saturnine's like, "I'm going to tell you the story of how I beat Merlin because it will probably be helpful." Later on in the issue they just pop back up because apparently Saturnine just has the ability to like travel between dimensions and like all that kind of stuff. And she just never said it. 
And I was like, <laughs> okay, okay, MacGuffin. <laughs> exactly. And it was like super frustrating because it's like, I feel like even if that's something she could do, I'd be able to accept it. But it's like, why could that not have been like hinted at or like we got in some type of little tidbit to like have it leaned into for a little bit more, like for this issue to make it feel more natural instead of like now nah, it just comes up as just like, oh, she can just happen to do that. But whatever. Mm-hmm. Regardless, she did, she tells the story about how she beat Merlin. She used the map maker, which is a Hickman creation, I think from back either in Avengers or maybe Fantastic Four. I don't know. I didn't read either one of them. But I, I, re- I read both of those and I remember the map maker. Um, and she used him and like she worked with Roma to like overthrow Merlin and they did all this stuff and then Saturnine was in charge. It's fine. Betsy is what's really important in this issue. And so I will say a big thing that I've kind of had about this book is that I've always known Excalibur is not like a super action heavy book. It has truly been about the story of Betsy and like overcoming all of the things to accept her role as Captain Britain. It is like a very heavy character study or at least that's what it's supposed to be however throughout this book we've had like various sieges um there's been like the first war when they went to go rescue brian from the other world when they fought like the priestesses uh there's one in this issue there was one last issue and all of them are the exact same it is a big group shot of this team together and then we see a few panels of like some nonsensical clashes in the background. And then all of a sudden somebody's screaming about retreating and the rest of it is them just running away. And once or twice, that's fine. But every single time has become very frustrating because you already have this cast that is very underutilized for a team book. And if you're not going to give them any story or anything to do outside of like propping up your uh, priority character, at least have them do something in the fight. At least have them do something exciting. Mm. Let them use their powers. Let us see some teamwork. Let us see some innovation. Let us see some excitement. Let them do something. And it's just kind of like, we have never gotten that in 26 (laughs) issues. And it was like, glaring here because again, this is the final one. And so you're just like, if you're not going to go out for any other one, you're not going to go out on your last one? Hmm. But whatever. They're running away because they got to get out of the um, Citadel. Uh, I'm sorry, they got to get out of Avalon to go back to Kokoa because Betsy all of a sudden realizes that she's needed elsewhere because at the lighthouse has started to change because of all of the stuff that's going on in our other world. So um, the British forces have determined that they might be a threat. Clan, Clan, uh, Clan Akaba has like convinced the prime minister and all of them that like this is dangerous and they might need to attack and so emma xavier rachel and strike are all out there and they're like where's captain britain we need her to deal with this betsy comes running through and she's like look i see what's going on out here i don't really care we need to go back to avalon because it's under attack (laughs) (laughs) and so like emma and xavier are kind of telling her they're like you know you are captain britain we kind of need you to deal with a little bit more like diplomacy stuff over here on this side instead of like the fantasy world of other world and she's like Britain doesn't even like me. I don't really care about them. I'm going back to other world. You can send the people with me or not. And so Rachel comes up and Rachel's like, Betsy, you're needed not here. Sure. Why is she there? Questions that need answers. <laughs> but she's like, you know, Betsy, you're needed there. You're needed here, even if you, you don't think you're wanted. And it's just like a really weird interaction. 
because again, they're like trying to really, you can tell the scene is like really trying to cement that like Betsy is Captain Britain. She even makes this comment about like how everyone has always been making these choices for her. And now here she finally is. She has this sword, um, the Starlight Sword. It represents her as Captain Britain. Even how she kind of got the role, it was her decision. But now here she is. She's like, everything is in my hands. I can be the person that I want to be. I can be the hero that I want to be. This is me. Like I can do what I want. And they're still trying to hammer in the fact that, like, oh, well, you're Captain Britain. And it's like, she don't want to be. <laughs> yeah. Like, she, she well, let me not say, she wants to be Captain Britain, but not, like, in the way that they need her to be Captain Britain. Like, she mm-hmm. truly, like, and, like, again, she's showing she does not care about anything that's going on in Great Britain. Because they are outside with choppers and bazookas ready to throw down. <laughs> and she's like... She's and like, she's, oh, well, fuck it. Yeah, she's like, I mean, what? She's like, they can't do it, so who cares? <laughs> um, but uh, they also, when they were going through Merlin, Kleinakaba, Morgan, they were all working together to destroy the lighthouse. But Betsy kept a little bit part of it open with her sword. She was like, you know, get me that army, meet me in Otherworld. And then she teleports back over and she like goes charging at the uh, Arthur's forces by herself everyone else is stuck and they're like crying because they're like oh she's already dead and Rachel's like no she's led the X-Men she's like always fought for a world that hated and feared her like she's gonna do it and that's how the book ends she's charging forward with the starlight (laughs) don't even got the butterfly up and you know the girls were going crazy for the butterfly in the last issue Mm. So you couldn't even give it to her this time? And the final one? Again, it's just like mm. if you're not going to go crazy in any other issue, or you're not going to go big, or you're not going to do the stuff that you, like, really can, like, make this exciting, and it's just like, you're not going to do it any other time? And you're not even going to do it in the final one? It was all right. It was, <laughs> it was all right. I feel like that's all I've really heard about this series for it's two like and a half years. <laughs> and so now, and so for those who don't know, you know, Destiny of X was re- uh, revealed, and then one of the bu- books is called Knights of X. There's a teaser at the end of this issue done by Rod Rice, and it has like Betsy, Rachel, and Gambit on the cover, and there it's like a uh, Days of Future Past homage. The yeah. that's on there, and then like the sign has the other characters, and so it says did they're going to come back. Or did they it change that to something? It says banished. Okay, because mm-hmm. of the, the yeah, which breeds not allowed in or whatever. Which is also like what, but whatever. Um, yeah, so they're there. Betsy's now. So and then that's going to lead into Knights of X, which is that series that was announced on Destiny of X, and so like this. Book will continue from Teeny Howard. Bob Quinn is joining. He drew uh, Way of X. And mm. I don't know. It's just kind of like, all right, so we're doing the same thing again. <laughs> <laughs> A little sounds like more of the same. I will say, I don't, it, it needs a new costume. That it, it, it just really like, really like, cement what the mission statement is and like really can get people behind it as well and i'm sorry and, and i'm always hit. i don't i don't i don't dislike the captain Britain armor that she wears now I, I think it's fine i think it like fits the nightly i think when it's drawn very nicely it looks really good but 
I feel like, and I've said this before, that this suit is very, it feels particular to this type of story and this run. And mm-hmm. so it's like, you know, she was this like knightly hero of legend, Captain Britain, defending Otherworld, blah, 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 blah. If we get into Knights of X and she doesn't have any of that anymore, her outfit should change to represent that. Mm-hmm. The, like your mission statement has changed. Your like uh, your status has changed. Your standing with everybody has changed. You've kind of been stuck off in this world by yourself in the Captain Britain corpse for however long. So it's like something has to be different to really make this next run feel different. Yeah, she definitely needs a new costume. Brian didn't have to wear armor like that. Never. <laughs> so why should she? He always in Spain. Unless, unless, unless it always, um, unless I get like this was supposed to feel, you know, more Dungeons and Dragons kind of, yes. you know, Lord of the Rings esque. But like, and mm-hmm. even even the costume he has on now that has armor, he still got on spandex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't know. I'd give this issue also a three out of five. This is very three out of five. We fine, but. We'll see. The book, and, and, and I think this is also kind of what frustrates me, but this isn't necessarily just Excalibur-specific. It's like a little bit of the X-Line as a whole. A lot of these books that they are announcing that are coming out for Destiny of X pretty much sound exactly like what we got now. Why are we pausing for three months or ending these books for three months or however long to go and do the same thing? Why that we is a million-dollar question. This could... Knights of X number one could I'm pretty sure could easily just be Excalibur 27 yeah for um, sure maybe there'll be some changes more changes coming they just announced that Gambit book <laughs> <laughs> no he's not gonna be Excalibur anymore he got that book no he's from... still gonna be there too oh Oh, that's right. I think I think that book is going to be like an X-Men Legends type of situation. It's written okay, by Claremont. So it's, so it's just filling in more stories from in the past. Yes. Okay. Because um, artist Bob Quinn, he has been like dropping some little sneak peek snippets of his art on Twitter and stuff for the mm-hmm. Knights of X, and he's already dropped a few of Gambit. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Gambit's on the first cover. So he'll at least be in the first issue, allegedly. Poor Gambit fans. They deserve it. Um, <laughs> Poor Gambit. But, I don't know. We'll see. Excalibur's over. It is. It is. And what a ride. You know? Uh, <laughs> and what a ride. You stuck through what? from the beginning to the end. I got off fairly quickly. Been around. We've been around. It's been cool. It's been fine. It's been fine. Like, I think that's a lot of the X and I right now. It's fine. But those were the books of the week, you guys. Let's go ahead and take a little break, and then we'll come back for the panel. Let's do it. Try it. I'm never going to pick up a Venom book. I'm sorry. Yeah, I just, that's just not, I just, my, not my thing. I n- never can picture any reason why I would pick up a book about Venom. 
I don't. I just don't like the concept of the, the character. Yeah. Yeah. Cool villain for Spider-Man to fight, but that's where it ends for me. I don't even know if he's that. <laughs> All right. Anyway, <laughs> welcome back everybody <laughs> to the panel section of the show. And speaking of cool. Um, this week, I'm going to do a character close-up of none other than Bobby Drake. That's Mr. Iceman of the X-Men. And uh, Iceman is one of my favorite characters. I've been mm-hmm. a big fan of his probably since the 90s cartoon when I was a kid, first getting into, into Iceman. But I didn't really start like really caring for him as a character until I got older. And I uh, was starting to see, you know, <laughs> some similarities <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> between myself and Mr. Uh, Bobby Drake. Now, um, Iceman is one of the original five X-Men. He is uh, the second X-Men, actually, to be recruited by Professor Xavier to the team right after Cyclops. Um, he obviously is a Stanley original. Um, he has had a very interesting kind of background and story he uh grew up in long island with his family uh, his mom and dad they are just like you know regular white suburban mm-hmm. family or whatever um his powers activate uh actually while he is being bullied at school mm-hmm. um <laughs> so already you know <laughs> there's there. some signs that it's there and um so yeah his powers activate uh, while he's like younger and he realizes that he can um, basically sense water and freeze it and then control it. So he can control ice. And um, he is instantly into it. He's not, like, very afraid of his powers. He wants to, like, learn more about them. And mm-hmm. uh, parents end up sending him to Xavier's uh, Institute with him to, like, kind of like, learn about his powers. Um, mm-hmm. So from there, he becomes... An X-Men, one of the original five. Um, but after the whole Krakoa thing, he was one of the people who was captured um, by Krakoa. And uh, after that whole incident, and when the all-new, all-different team came in with Storm and Sunfire and all them, uh, he quit the the X-Men <clears throat> and decided to, like, go do something else. And, you know, what does every... Um, homosexual dude but moved to LA so he moved to Los Angeles and uh went to UCLA and out there he became like a part of the champions and was basically Mm -hmm. becoming a a solo superhero Mm -hmm. and uh yeah that's where his like kind of a solo career kind of started he was after the champions disbanded and that was who he was friends with like Hercules and uh Mm -hmm. Darkstar and a Black Widow he was on the Defenders for a bit. He even, like, hung out with a thing. And then uh, this was around the time when the 05 ended up getting back together because Jean became... She got returned back to life. Mm. And uh, the 05 got back together. Then they did the whole X-Factor thing. Um, his powers ended up becoming, like, really expanded because he got captured by Loki, who wanted to use him to take over some parts in Asgard. So he used Iceman powers to like amplify this machine and like because of that machine it like caused Iceman's powers to like become crazy augmented out of his control he had to wear this uh, belt to really help him have all of his powers under control and then eventually 
he ended up learning that he could control them without the belt. So he kind of thought his powers had like reached this crazy extent that he didn't need to like train anymore. Because, uh, you know, in my opinion, Iceman has those type of powers where the only limit is his imagination. Like, he can pretty okay. much do anything. The only thing that's ever limiting to him is where his mind can go. Uh, yeah. So if he, doesn't, if he doesn't think there's no place for him to go, he didn't feel like he needed to use mm-hmm. much more of his powers. Um, <clears throat> then after that, uh, there was the whole Mirror Island saga thing that happened with the X-Men when the Beavers attacked Mirror Island. Um, your island and Shadow King, Escape, and all that stuff. Uh, after that happened, he rejoined the X Men, and uh, from there, yeah, no history. Pretty much just been in everything. <laughs> like he, mm-hmm. <laughs> he just been there. Like he just been an X Men. Which I mean, I guess it's like it's like good and bad. You know, it's always great to have that consistency. You kind of feel like. I think Iceman is looked at as one of those characters who, like, is an X-Man. You know what I'm saying? When people think of, like, teams, even if you don't really necessarily care for Bobby's character, you like his power set. I don't care what nobody say. Like, his power okay. set is hot. Or cool. It's cool, mm-hmm. yeah. You know? Um, so it's like, <laughs> having him on a team is, like, really good. And then he's been put on the Omega list. You know, the girls love an Omega mutant. So it's like, you add him yes, in there. Um, so I think in that regard, he's always going to have a place. I do wish that his stories would get pushed a little further. I think mm-hmm. that, especially once he came out, and this is to no fault of the character of his own, I think it's more so like a lot of writers. I think when characters become uh, gay in comics or things like that, they're written that way, that writers tend to make that their personality yes. instead of who they are. And I think that they forget that like being gay is not the personality and the stories that Iceman has they always kind of teetered on his uh self-esteem and like holding back and just like doing what it was and it's like you know you kind of tie that into this thing of him being a closeted homosexual and so it's now it's like his next story was coming out and then you got those uh solo series and that mini series from Cena Grace and that was once again I felt like the full circle moment, the ending of the arc. Like here he finally was, he accepted that he is this gay man. He's come out, he's starting to live more freely. He is starting to like date guys and be who mm-hmm. he is. And cool, he's whole again. Like he is the Iceman, like we know that now. And I think, what is the story after that? You know? Yeah. And. I think that's what's been missing from him for quite a while now because it's like, well, what else do you do with this guy? Because you never really gave him anything else to fall back on beforehand. It was always just like the self-esteem stuff. It was always just kind of like holding back. And it was like, okay, now he's cool. Now he knows. Mm-hmm. So where do you take him now? What do you do with this character? What is his role? <laughs> Which I think it's also still there. I think that, again... Iceman's consistency in the X line has been the thing that helps him. He is that guy who has been around forever. And he's kind of relatable. He should be that character who is like there for people. He's, he's always got people's back. Team. He's your heart. Yeah, he's hard. Yeah. <coughs> I yeah. know we throw that term around a lot, but. <laughs> yeah, but we all know who it is. It's Iceman. <laughs> and I think, like, with, with him, actually, in my opinion, he's always kind of fallen back on being a superhero. You know, one thing that we talk about with some characters, it's like when they're not 
on the X Men, you know, proper. Yeah, what are they What are they doing? And with him, he was either studying to, to be an accountant because he just wanted to have his fallback plan. Um, a lot of my faves have have that fallback plan. <laughs> and um, if he wasn't doing that, he was genuinely interested in like just being a superhero and like helping people, whoever, yeah. whenever you know. It's the Marvel Universe, so things are always blowing up. So he was just always interested in just being a superhero. I think that to push his story forward, he should lean on that and be there for the next generation of people who want to be a superhero. He can't always be the kid. So I think that, like, there are definitely other, like, Krakoan kids or whatever or or something for him to kind of, like, kind of mentor these kids who want to be superheroes. Yeah. What do you think? What What are your like favorite Iceman stories? What are those ones that kind of like resonated with you? That was like took it from oh I think this is just a cool guy to like oh like this is a character I really like and I want to see a lot more from. You know, um, I always really enjoyed his um, his appearances whenever he was kind of like around Storm. <laughs> so <laughs> I liked when he was on that X Men Gold and like just. Oh wow! Whenever. Whenever he would have to like come out of his shell mm-hmm. and kind of like show people that it's like I'm not always just like jokes and stuff. Like mm-hmm. I've just I've been here just as long as everybody else. Um, yeah. So I actually do like any time that he was kind of like around Storm. I liked when he was um, <clears throat> there was a like a budding kind of relationship that he had had with Rogue before, where mm-hmm. like it wasn't like romantic or whatever. They ended up just kind of like really being friends with each other. He tried to bring her home. His his dad like thought that she, that was his girlfriend, and that mm-hmm. wasn't the case. Um, but they were like, we're kind of there for each other, and kind of in the sense where she's also in that same boat with like being a superhero is kind of like what they're really good yeah. at, and um, I think they kind of relate a lot on that level. So I like a lot of that. So I don't really have too many like specific arcs per se, mm-hmm. but it's more just like the moments of when he's able to kind of burst out of his. Ice, sure. I guess, and show that and show that he's like Doing a superhero. Okay, I mean, I guess that's fair too. Um, I think I, I like Iceman. I don't mm. think I think this is new. Like, but you like too many of my faves. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> um, I think that if I was to make a top ten list of like male X characters that I like. Mm-hmm. Probably be Ted. Okay. He, I think he, I think he would round out the top ten. Um, okay. I like, I really like Lou's astonishing X Men and what she did with him in that arc where they like had all the ex girlfriends come back. I do think that that there's been a, a lot of good stuff in the stories that again kind of deal with like him and his self esteem. Like you said, the the issue with Rogue definitely rem- uh, speaks to me. I remember that specifically, and them on on their little road trip and making fun of each other. And yeah. um, I'm trying to think. Did I like the Lobdell era? That was where like Emma was, fun was in there. his head. Yeah, that was also again when they were really starting to hint at like mm, mm. he might be <laughs> a queen. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I guess I guess when you think about Krakoa now, you know, you say you kind of put him in the space of. You think he could be the person who like mentors other people. He always has other people's back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where do you see that fitting in Krakoa? 
Like on what team? You, honestly, um, and I hate for him to just have to piggyback off someone else, but I would place him wherever, wherever Bishop is, because I feel like if the two, the two, of the, I like their relationship together, um, mm-hmm. and they always seemed like they could make great, uh, you know, principal, assistant principal to a war mm-hmm. college kind of thing, you know. Yeah, they've got that, um, that 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 cyborg beast boy feel. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. And and they are friends. Uh, for those who don't know, Bishop showed up in that Iceman miniseries. Like, and yeah. they've been on multiple teams together and done lots of stuff. Uh, they actually have a pretty close relationship. Shout out to them. Bishop loves They're the cool. gigs. Love that. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I think they're cool. So um, oh. I think that, that I think that wherever he kind of is, they, that would be mm-hmm. great. You know, so let me ask you this. Speaking of Lou's Astonishing and that issue where they brought back, like, all his ex-girlfriends and stuff like that, who are your favorite relationships? And what have you thought about the relationships that he has had since coming out? Um, well, obviously, I didn't really like any of his relationships with any of the women. <laughs> because none of them ever felt real when, like... Um, it always felt like the guy who was obviously gay, but felt the need to still kind of date women. Mm-hmm. Um, in my eyes, whenever I saw him trying to pursue Lorna, or um, uh, he was with that woman Opal, and yeah. uh, he had to think with Mystique for a while like too. Her. And look, hello, <laughs> look at the two of them. It's just okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, uh, it never really, like, clicked to me whenever he was with any of the other female characters. And um, when they did just kind of decide to have him come out, it all just, like, made sense because everything was kind of there. So I didn't really like any of his, any of his past relationships. Now, any of the relationships he's had since then, again, bad taste because... It was like his younger mm-hmm. self who who dated that like a human boy, um, mm-hmm. but whatever they're, they're kids, so that's fine. Um, but then older self, like there was that weird kind of docking thing, which no, no thanks. Mm, I do remember that. Oh, that was in the that was in the solo series. Yes, yes, I remember that. And there was also the uh, currently there's like this fling with uh, Christian Frost, which no. <laughs> that just looks like some annoying white gay, and that's just not someone I ever really saw. Iceman with or being. <laughs> okay, if of you know, there's not too many gay characters at Marvel, but of the like gay and bisexual and pansexuals and all of that, is there anyone who you would like to see Iceman pair up with, or like just kind of get some panel time Honestly, with? I think he should date um, Lightning, Living Lightning. Mm, look at you, you try to get your face together. I respect it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're both superheroes and they both came, they both came out later in life. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have that kind of thing kind of connected with the, the two of them. Um, and yeah, I think they would be cute. So, so in your mind, Bobby is the superhero. Like that is his archetype. Yes, yeah. 
Hmm. Okay. Yeah, he likes to know. he likes to he likes to use his powers. And he likes to be out there. He does like to use his powers. I guess maybe I need to go. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like Iceman's been in a lot of stuff I've read. You know, Carrie's legacy is like one of my favorite runs. He was pretty prominent there. Maybe mm-hmm. I need to see a little bit more of his non-X stuff. Maybe I should go back and read some of that Champions. Yeah, again. he was great. He was great in that Champion um, stuff back there. Maybe I should try his solo series. Mm, I, I I read that. I don't think I. Yeah, yeah, you're good on that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I guess I guess I need to see a little bit more. I'll, I'll find some things. You'll recommend me a couple of things. Actually, that's what we're gonna do. Yeah. So I can see like a little bit more of like superhero Iceman. Because right now I don't know if I see. I don't. Even again, when I think about the solo series that Iceman had, mm-hmm. it didn't really. The whole like him being a hero outside of the X-Men thing didn't really click with me. And uh, maybe it was just because of the issues he re- was dealing with were so specifically mutant. But I guess he could be the mutant. Oh. 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 Okay, I see what you mean. You mean as far as, like, who... Are you trying to ask, like, who is he going to fight on his own that is not an ex-villain or something? Yes. Okay. Um. I mean, really, as anybody, I think, mm-hmm. like, you kind of just you could just throw things at him because he's Iceman. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it can kind of be any kind of villain. Most of the times whenever he was with, like, the champions and stuff, it was just random Avengers villains that he was fighting. Okay. Any any of those people out there. Okay. So you probably just have to go back and see him, like, fight those people because that's who he was. Going up against... I can see that. Yeah. I mean, he's, he, again, he's got the power he can't do. I think you, with that character, like, you kind of run into the risk of, um, like, but I guess, have they ever said what happens to the ice slides and things when he leaves? Do they just stay? Do they just, do we wait for them to melt? <laughs> they melt. <laughs> we just gotta wait he, for he them talks to melt. about He talks about it. He, <laughs> sometimes in in random issues, like people are like, "What happens to this ice?" Like, yeah, whatever. When you leave, he's like, he's like, it'll melt. Like, oh, it'll be okay. hours. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can you imagine like getting up and going to work one day, and it's like your car's blocked in from this giant ice wall? I would be. I'll call off. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what you want to do. Like, my whole street is, like, blocked off from a giant ice wall from Iceman. So I got to wait, like, a couple days before I come back to work. Because we got to wait for it to melt. Yeah. He, but he does ice slide everywhere, too. So. So. Well, okay. Well, that's exciting. I don't know. I think who, going forward, like, who do you kind of want to see? Iceman deal with a little bit more because he's gonna be. Oh wait, no, we don't know where he's gonna be in Destiny. We don't know where he's gonna be. He's on that. He's on the cover and he's holding some ice orb in his hand, which looked cool. But we don't know where he's gonna be. Did if I had to place him somewhere, it would look. I would probably put him, um, an X Men Red. I was just about to say he might be an X Men Red. I feel like that's gonna be like Omegas on Mars. Ooh. <laughs> I'd be there for Iceman. Um, Obviously. He's dope. You know, you know I'm not like big on like super super power characters like that. Mm-hmm. So but I don't know. I've heard rumors that Cable's supposed to be in that book also. He's not in Omega. Oh yeah, that's true, no. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. 
You know, if, if if he wasn't on that, I wouldn't mind another Iceman solo. He could go solo and we can get more into him and his character and he could leave like I said, he can he's a solo leave. star already. He can he can go, he can leave. There aren't who, too many solo X-Men and he he's one of them. Who would you want to write? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Who would you want to draw it? Ooh. Because I think that's another thing about Iceman. It's like you got to have the visuals there. Like the, the visuals, yeah. The snowman look, the, the full ice look when it was trans. Did you like the translucent ice look that he used to have? I wasn't mad at that, no. Mm-hmm. That was okay. Um, oh. I did like, I I am also of the type that have the headcanon with that. He has like, his ice is like an energy form basically that he can like transform in and out of. Not that he is like actual ice like Austin tried to change yeah. in. <laughs> in in that run. Mm, oh, Living Ice. I think they don't they still kind of go with that though. It's like I don't know how to explain it. Whatever, y'all. <laughs> it's it's weird. It's weird. Yeah. He don't die. He don't die is what they say. <laughs> but um, basically, <laughs> I guess. Uh, so yeah. So that's that's actually a two part question for you. Who? Would you want to draw the Iceman book? And then, like, who has done some of your favorite Iceman visuals? Because, again, he is a visual character. I think the way you can draw him and what you do with him, like, the golems and all that stuff, like, that's very important for his run. The one thing that always will always stick in my mind is, like, one great Iceman artist was, I can't even think of his name right now, but he was drawing X-Factor at the time in that, like, that 80s run, that first one. His, like, yeah. Iceman, the way that he looked was just so, like, etched in my head is the way that Iceman looks and the mm-hmm. way that his ice was always so, like, cubic and stuff. It, like, it looked good. Um, okay. As far as, like, some newer stuff, obviously I've always so liked um, Dotterman. His Iceman stuff has been really great. Um, mm-hmm. Iceman hasn't really been drawn terribly honestly <laughs> like he's got he's really got some some great visuals um I, I do like when um um who's the one guy did the cover the covers for cable Phil Noto yeah I do like some of his Iceman stuff um yeah Iceman has had some pretty solid art I, I, again, I specifically think about, like, Lou's Astonishing when Gabriel Walter was doing that one arc, and he that too, yeah. was, like, freezing over New York and all that stuff. And it, it just looked really good. Again, I think Iceman is a character mm-hmm. that is capable of amazing visuals and who you put him with and how you do it. You just really gotta amplify that. You gotta give him something to do. You, you gotta, gotta like, give him someone to fight. Yeah. And I think that's what falls in the issue for a lot of characters that are that powerful, especially when you're limited to a team like the X-Men, which while they do do a couple of extraterrestrial things or like fight some whatever, they're mostly on the streets. Mm-hmm. And it's like... And he can't always be out there with them like that because he's too powerful for that. He shuts the mm-hmm. fight down. What they gonna do quickly. when he make the ice wall? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing you can do against my boy and his ice wall, so... Hey. I mean, I think that he just needs to. That's why he can leave and go do something bigger. Again, kind of like when I was talking before about, you know, my superpower faves. So I think 
they they themselves just need someone for them to fight for them to come back around and be able mm-hmm. to do something because right now most of the villains aren't that powerful. Sorry, they're not. That's true. <laughs> they're not that powerful. Marvel, Marvel needs some stronger villains because like a lot of my favorites can't do anything right now because who are they gonna fight? That is true. Come down to the street. What Kingpin gonna do against Iceman? Punch him. <laughs> Please. <laughs> the very first time he discovered his powers, he fought Cyclops, and they fought for a bit, and he looked at him and thought, hmm, I never thought about what would happen if I froze the insides of anybody. Maybe I should try that. Yeah, that's too Literally, the, the, the limits of his power are, like, only his imagination. So what Kingpin gonna do? Nothing. So that's why they need we need we need some stronger villains out there. Some people with some fortresses, something. I guess I guess also when I think of it, like see like I'm I'm still thinking about this thing of him like freezing the insides. It's like why are you that powerful? It's like when Monica does that thing where she turns on the light and shoots in your eye. I mean because his powers are he can. Feel water and freeze it. You're made of it, so why wouldn't he be able to freeze it? <laughs> you know? But hey, um, yeah, I think I would love to have some a, a nice man solo for him to just kind of go off and do his own thing. Um, but if he was to stay on a Krakoa basis, I would like him to be kind of involved with the training of the next group of kids who want to be superheroes. Um, I think that could be fun for him. Yeah. Also, wait, he feels water? It's not temperature control? Yes. It's both of those things. So, like, the way that he is, the way that he's freezing it is it's, he's controlling the temperature of the water that he can feel. Oh. I don't know why I thought he was, like, just freezing air or something like that. I don't know. Don't mind me. How else was he? He got to feel where it is. <laughs> I mean, it's mutants and it's like powers. It can be scientific, but it like also doesn't have to be too scientific. You know, you just say, I'm like, look at dust. Look at husk. I try not to. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, nothing to turn. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that was my core character corner on Iceman. Let's go ahead and take a break and then we'll come right back. But you know, I've been I've been trying to take some calcium pills because those the calcium helps your bones, right? That's the one that does your bones. Yes. <laughs> <That's> the one. <laughs> I've been <laughs> I've been cracking my knuckles a lot. And they like it they're like it's loud cracks. Mm. And it hurts. So I need to get that checked out. I know. I don't know. I think it's because of the gym. I'm not good at stretching. 
I know. Mm. I'm gonna like break down one day. That's what everyone tells me who's like into fitness or like used to be, or they were like, Yeah, it was one day I like turned some age and they were like my body just broke down. I couldn't move anything. And it happens to me now sometimes. I won't lie. I can't really lift my head above my head all the time. And like <laughs> it just it just gets like real tight. <laughs> you just be tight. Like, it's like, oh, I can't move there. But um I don't know. I think I still got some time to try and yeah. turn it around. It's the new oh, year's well, coming. That Maybe that'll be my resolution. To uh, yeah, start stretching more. <laughs> <You know. Yes. laughs> Take care of yourself. <laughs> Take care of myself. Yes, that's my new year's resolution. You guys hear me? <laughs> All right. Well, welcome back, y'all, to another rewatch portion of the show. And this week, we are going to be getting into Spider-Man No Way Home. Yes, we are definitely going to be talking spoilers here. So sorry, y'all. Please don't listen if you're not, don't want any spoilers. Uh, But we are going to be discussing the third movie in this uh, MCU Spider-Man trilogy. And I'm just going to go right off the rip and say that I really enjoy this movie a lot. Like, I am a um, like side Spider-Man fan. I haven't read everything, but I did start reading when I first got into comics. Um, it was mm. the X-Men and the Spider-Man. I remember you too. Um, and I was actually reading the Amazing Spider-Man run that was coming out at the time um, when that this is actually this movie was based off of with One More Day. So I was really hyped to like see <laughs> this movie and see this all like adapt <laughs> this adaptation of it. So. Um, isn't one more yeah, day I, like? Isn't it like reviled? Don't like people not like that story. It's very controversial. I liked it, <laughs> but it's it's very, <laughs> but it's it's very controversial. It's this movie. It's about like uh, the fact he like, that, he, like he, he makes a deal with Mephisto, so everyone forgets he's Spider Man, and. It like that's when him and MJ break up. I, I think that that was like the big problem. Like he, him and MJ was breaking up at the time. I remember. Right, right. It wasn't about. It was like not them breaking up. It was that's what Mephisto wanted in exchange for. I think it was actually to heal on May. Mm. The forgetting thing um, was also done by Doctor Strange, but uh, I think it may have been. They may have actually happened at the same time. I can't remember. But either way, they he made a deal with Mephisto to uh in exchange for his like love, his marriage with Mary Jane. Like they could they would never know that that they had ever been together. Um That's such a like a petty trope. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, MJ and, and Peter Parker are like, you know. No, they're the couple. The ones you love. They're yeah. the couple. <laughs> Talk about it. Talk about somebody's gonna stand beside him. MJ is, is gonna stand beside him. Okay, she knows she reaps the benefits. I mean, I guess there's not a lot of benefits. He's still broke, as he says in this movie. Mm-hmm. That's how you know she's in love with him for real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stays broke. Um, but this movie picks up pretty much directly where um, uh, Far From Home ends uh you start off with everyone learning about spider-man's uh his uh secret identity everybody knows that he's peter parker and things start going crazy like everybody knows um he basically gets stalked 
he tries to like run away and stuff while he's swinging around with MJ, uh, taking her, he ends up taking her back to his place. And like everyone on the news is outside, like everyone has found out about it and things are just too hectic for him. So he goes to um, Dr. Strange and asks for him to like care to spell to like make everybody forget. He keeps asking him to like rewrite the spell and things get crazy. Again, magic ruins things. So he has to like. Um, I think Peter ruined that. The spell was fine, be- but he kept changing it <laughs> in the middle of it. Stop talking. The magic, why didn't you just like, why can't you fix it? So you could do all of that to, to do be- and take because, everyone's memories away, but like. Because magic is worse. Yeah, like, and then because, because Peter is chaos personified, like that other girl. Can't even like rewrite the spell. And like, did you not hear it? Strange told him he said this is too chaotic now. He can't let it get out. Peter ruined it too much. Talk, 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 talk. All around town. Just like be quiet. All of that, but you can't do this. Just be (laughs) quiet. While the spell is being done. Concentration. A mess. So like the spell gets out of hand. He's got to contain it into this magic cube thing. And it was a hot um, box. It was a cool looking box. <laughs> <laughs> it was a real cool looking box. Um, and he's like, you know, you can't, like, we can't release the spell, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, well, while the spell was going on, things have been the, basically the multiverse was kind of ripped open. And everyone who knew about Peter Parker being Spider-Man ended up coming over. Mm-hmm. So while, uh, Peter is off trying to like help get his friends into MIT because everyone's getting their college admissions back, which I really enjoyed that they like are moving time ahead. And yeah. is we're no longer ever gonna get like Peter in high school. Now he's in college, things are like are growing up. Yeah. Um get this attack from Doc Ock. And it is um Doc Ock from the original Spider-Man movies, which mm. was <laughs> Really cool to see. I'm sure we've already seen him in the uh, trailers and stuff, but it was still really dope to see him out there fighting uh, Peter Parker. Great action scenes there. The way that they were like swinging yeah. around Peter Parker was really, really dope. Um, shout out to the CGI team. They were working overtime on this one. And it looked, okay. it looked great. Um, so he ends up defeating Doc Ock and uh, ends up controlling his uh, octopus arms just because like, they're in a different universe, which I I loved all the times when they pointed out like we're in a completely different universe. Like we mm-hmm. have way much different technology than you guys have. We're mm-hmm. much further with this stuff. I really appreciated all those moments uh, to really drive home the fact that like we this is a different universe. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so then like he defeats Doc Ock, and then a um. A green orb drops on the street, and what is that but from Green Green Goblin? And uh, this is William Defoe's Green Goblin, and um, he killed so it in this movie. Like, William Defoe was fantastic in this movie. Like I'm already a William Defoe fan. This, uh, let me show y'all how to be a villain. Okay. <laughs> you want to be me? You better be green. <laughs> okay. Because that's the way to do he it. He brought it. He brought it. It was just like his performance was just like really fantastic. Just like not even getting into just like the comic bookness of it all and like Spider Man. Mm-hmm. It's just like 
the performance of just that he put on as this like man who's like dealing with these two different types of personalities and like playing that and it was just fantastic stuff man great guy he's like in his 60s and he said that he was only going to come back for this if he was was something more than just a cameo Mm -hmm. and he wanted to do his own stunts and like yeah be in it and anybody who knows me knows i love an actor who does their own stunts i i I think very highly of stunt people uh fight choreography and all the it's just so when i know you do it yourself i'm here yes Fantastic. Yeah, he came back and gave a, a fantastic, you know, <laughs> coaching him on being a villain. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, we get some of that. And uh, the basically Doctor Strange uh, ended up warping or teleporting Spider-Man over into his like little sanctum and telling him that these people from other universes are here. I've already mm-hmm. captured um, some of them, but we need to capture the rest of them. Or you mm-hmm. do need to go out and capture the rest of them. Um, but if you can't, like we're just gonna have to release this spell and like just send them all home. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in the entire time, I kept wondering if they were actually ever gonna do that. Did you ever think that mm-hmm. they were going to like release the spell and just like send them all back to the moment right before they yeah. were there? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I was like fifty-fifty. There was some. I mean, because I was like, that just seems like the easier route to take. Yeah. Um, but then once they kind of brought up like the fact that they could cure them and all this stuff, because honestly, that started to open up more questions for me once they said they were going to cure these people. Because it's like if they got brought to this universe right before they died, mm-hmm. even if they went back, like, wouldn't they still be just about to die anyway? <laughs> I think that they would be different, so they wouldn't fight, but it's fight like, a man anymore. I think about, like, Doc Ock. He was, like, you know, when he died, and correct me if I'm wrong, it was, like, that um, he was trying to get the sun thing, the generator. It was, like, sinking. It was all on top of him. It was, like, you got to mm-hmm. take him back, like, a couple of days if you want him to survive. Yeah. If he's just going back to just yeah. that moment, it's, like, you're not saying, that, oh, okay, he's happy now. He's a good guy <laughs> dying. I'm sorry. Um <laughs> The others, I guess you could do something for Green Goblin. He, like, could say something, so or he doesn't press the little button so the thing comes up and he doesn't get impaled. Um, I don't know how the lizard in Electro died. I never saw any of the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies. You didn't miss out on much. They were not the <laughs> best. And they actually kind of poke fun at that in this movie where <laughs> later on when the Spider-Mans are together, you know, they're talking about who was Spider-Man 1 and Tom Holland was like, I'm, I'm Spider-Man 1 mm-hmm. and Andrew Garfield's was Spider-Man 3. So yeah. uh, uh, I did find it interesting that they kind of poked fun at that. But, you know, his movies weren't that great. You know, like I've said before on this podcast, probably I'm like a adjacent Spider-Man fan uh, just because like I've been reading him for a while, dipping in and out of his comic book runs. But Electro has always been my favorite villain. Okay. Um and Electro is my favorite Spider-Man villain because, like, he don't give a fuck. He really, like, <laughs> does not give a shit. He's in it to, like, to mm-hmm. kill Spider-Man and to get some money. Like, that's what he's here for. Mm-hmm. And he just also happens to be, like, extremely powerful because he is, like, electricity, like, living yeah. electricity. So um, he's, he's there isn't some kind of, like, moral, think like, battles that he's having with himself. He's just in it to win it. And I appreciate the feeling like that. Well, ooh, okay, yeah. Crazy Calculated. 
he's he's the he's the guy for me. That um I will say like, you know, I'm honestly not the biggest Spider Man fan. I don't read a lot of his comics. I might dip in and out every now and again if I hear some of my favorites showing up. I like Black Cat. But I remember there was this one run <clears throat> of Spider Man and the arc particularly was I think it was called Craven's Hunt. And they were like yes. him and his family Classic. were like going around and killing all the spider characters. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I love that. Classic story. Yeah. That was hot. <laughs> Spider-Man. Listen, Spider-Man is goaded. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, <laughs> Spider-Man really is like one of the greatest superheroes of all time. It just truly is like, it is he what it is. He just guy. has it. Yeah. Like, he. Like top three, maybe. Easily. He's, he's got it. Mm. Yeah, he's popular. You gotta give him. You gotta give him his credit. You don't gotta like him at all. He's popular. I'll never. I'll never. I'll never take that away from him. (laughs) He is. He is the superhero. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So like the movie continues on basically, and they have to stop all of the other uh, Sinister Six. Electro in this movie was done better than he was in his other movie. I will uh, definitely give them some props on that. Basically. He was just a blue stoic thing in mm-hmm. Amazing Spider-Man. And this time they just basically told Jamie Foxx to just be Jamie Foxx. <laughs> and that's fine with me. I'll he take that election. Yeah. He was um, he was he was funny. And I liked how he was just kinda like real with it. Like you said, he did not care. He was like, No, I just want this energy and I'm gonna do what I want. <laughs> that's very electro. <laughs> like I'm just here to get this power and I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I wanna do. Um so I thought, perfect showcasing for me. Um, so we did get some fantastic this fight stuff with uh, Green Goblin, who like comes back into this uh, to, into the apartment. And I will also say that one thing I knew people that were complaining about a lot with MCU Spider-Man, particularly, was the showcasing of his uh, Spider Sense, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of a fans lot of were. Yeah, a lot of fans were like, where is it? Where is it? Why haven't we seen it a lot? And like they would show him like, you know, reacting to things, but not in the way that they showed him in this movie. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of spiders and stuff in there, really dope stuff that was shown when um Doctor Strange uh took his astral form out and mm-hmm. his spider sense was like moving his body and it was like showing you that's just how his like oh, his spider sense Oh, is that what that was? <laughs> yeah. Like when, oh, it, wow. when it has like the tingling stuff all over his head, that's his spider sense going off. Oh. And in the when they kicked him out and his astral form had it, and he was like, Oh, look how I'm doing this. It's because his body moves on its own because of the That was clever. That's a clever spider. way to do that. I especially liked it in the moment where, you know, they find after he gets all of the rogue multiversal villains and they're talking about creating the cures for them and they have them in there and then it starts going off because mm-hmm. Obviously, Goblin is about to betray them, and so they're just kind of, he's, like, just standing there, and he's, like, walking around, and he's just looking, and they got it, and it's, like, that was a really good use of it there. I love that part. Yeah, that was really dope. Um, And then that's when things, like, kick off, because (laughs) the villains are all breaking free. Electro is, like, I'm going to get what I'm going to get, which was the arc reactor energy stuff, which was a cool tie-in, because when he first appeared in the comic books, that's what he did. He, um was absorbing Stark Industries tech to like absorb him, like absorb energy and stuff mm-hmm. when he first, when Electro was first created. 
um, okay. and like Spider-Man, I forget the issue it was, but it was like one of his obviously early issues. Um, so I thought that was a cool like little nod to the comics. Um, and uh, yeah, Green Goblin starts, uh, you know, destroying him and they start having this insane fight throughout this entire building. They can suplex through like multiple floors. <laughs> um, <laughs> they are just they really were tearing him up. Which yeah. I think, again, like you said, the fight scenes were good, and I think this was finally a really good showcasing for Holland Spider-Man in terms of, like, his strength. Obviously, yeah. we've seen him, like, do a couple of things here and there. Like, Civil War, he was holding up the silo. Um, he's, like, he held Bucky's hand when he's punched him. But, like, this was the first time I felt like, dang, like, that boy can take some damage. He's yeah, strong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's not a, not a chump, that's for sure. Um, one thing I've always loved about Spider-Man is you gave him a little bit of room to work. And <laughs> I actually remember um, I did read the Superior, Superior Spider-Man run. Oh, yeah. Where, where Otto had taken over his body. And I like distinctly remember that being something that happened. He was fighting Wolverine. Like Wolverine mm-hmm. was going off on him and like Ock in Peter's body like beats Wolverine down. And he tells him he's like, Parker is so much stronger and like can fight and do all of these things that people can't think he can't do. He just doesn't do it to you guys because you're strong. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I don't got to do that. And he's just like, knocks Wolverine out. And this is like, oh, yeah. yeah. People forget just how like strong he is. I think he's like in that 10 ton rank with his strength. And like, he's also super agile and fast and stuff. So he can swing himself and, and he, make He can fight. Different. He's been like trained by Shang-Chi. Yeah. I see. I That's know some Spider-Man stuff. Spider-Man's, it's goaded. <laughs> I wasn't going that far. I was just saying that I know some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they, so they have this really like intense fights, and um, this is the one part of the movie where I was like, I rolled my eyes at what I thought was a pretty big MacGuffin, and that is, um, so we're back with Ned and MJ, and um. They're trying to figure out, like, you know, what are we going to do? Are we going to open this box? We need to, well, we just try to find if we can find Peter, see if he can help us. All of a sudden, Ned is, like, magic. Making portals. Yeah, that was, like, really <laughs> annoying to me. And so I know they tried to, like, hint at it a little bit earlier when he first met Strange. He's like, oh, you know, they said I might be a little bit of magic later. And then even when Peter and Strange are fighting, he, like, traps him in the mirror dimension and then takes his little ring thing, I guess, which was supposed to help Ned make the portals. Um, it just still didn't feel like true because no matter what you might say about magic, you still got to have like a little something, like a little train. It don't look like it. (laughs) It's like, that's not how it works. And it's just like, are you also going to do anything with this in the future now? Because again, (laughs) it's like, we've seen the end of the movie and we know what happens. And so Ned in his place this is just like, is he coming back? Are we going to, like, make him, like, a magic character now? Are we ever going to see it? It was just a thing just to do, like, because it was fun. Like, let me know something. I didn't think it was that fun, though. And it was also, mm-hmm. like, whatever. I didn't like it. I didn't like it either. It felt very MacGuffin-y. Like, I understood the point of it was to be a MacGuffin because they needed to get the other Spider-Mans in there and whatever. But I just didn't like that you had to give him magic. Did they, but um, I guess it seems like anybody can learn magic. Did they cheer at your theater when the spiders, like when Andrew and Toby came on? Yeah, they did. They also <laughs> cheered in the beginning. I forgot this part when 
uh, we see Matt Murdock, and that is Mr. Charlie Cox as Daredevil. Iconic. Okay, just for anyone who doesn't know, you guys remember when, like, Daredevil first got the cancellation announcement on Netflix, and, like, there was all this uproar, and they were like, we gotta keep this man, MCU needs to bring him in, we gotta do something, and there was, like, a petition going around for people to sign to have him Mm -hmm. brought back. I signed the petition. (laughs) (laughs) Of course you did. I of course you did. And and I don't regret it. Charlie Cox absolutely <laughs> deserves. Okay? Like he's a great he was a really great Matt Murdock. He was a great Matt Murdock. He was a great Daredevil. He did amazing. He just like uh the hallway scene is iconic. Think about how many mm-hmm. people tried to do like their own little hallway scene. Oh, hallway. Like it was, yeah. it was a standard. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And he was done dirty, and I'm glad to see him back. You know, there are rumors that he's going to pop up in a couple of other shows, crossing my fingers for some She-Hulk action. And it's like, after that, I hope they give him the works. Give him his own little D-plus series. Give him a movie. Give him a cartoon. Give him everything. Kevin Feige has already said that, you know, in the MCU, Charlie Cox will be Daredevil. So, period. I would not be surprised if they give him... I don't, would you want a show or a movie, if you had to pick one? Well, obviously. But if I had to pick one, I think I would want... I think I'd still want a show. I feel yeah. like Daredevil stories are, um, they are... They're like stories. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I feel like they're things that you kind of want to see play out over time. I don't want to cram any of that down to two hours. I don't feel like... Yeah. He can get his, I feel like, like his fights are great, too, so... His fight's really great. I feel like if you were to give him a movie, the movie would be like the event. Like, if the series is the comic book, then the movie is his devil's ring. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm all for it. Him coming up means my girl is right behind him. So, I love it. I hope they don't bring her back. I didn't like her in that show. We can rewrite her. (laughs) We can rewrite her. Okay. Um, so we get to this uh, crazy fight scene going on, and Aunt May ends up getting hurt. She ends up uh, actually dying, and before she dies, she does give Peter the, with great power, there must also come great responsibility line. And, uh, yeah, so then he ends up meeting the other uh, Spider-Man, Peter Parker's. They have this really hot front moment on the roof where they're telling each other, like, what happened in their own universes, the sad things that have happened. Um, and you really see the differences between the way that the Peter Parkers are written for each movie, because the first one was really corny, and the second one did cry a lot, and they showed just how, like, emotional um, Andrew Garfield was in this movie compared to the other ones. He was always like, you know, I love you guys, and stuff like that, so I like that they leaned into, like, what the differences of yeah. all the different spiders. Um, I will say that... Um... It, when I saw all three of them swinging together. Yeah, no, that was a really dope moment. That looked really good. Um, I will say, I'm glad that you said that he was emotional in the movies because I was thinking to myself the entire time, I was like, I've never seen Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man movies and this does not change my opinion on wanting to at all. I was like, this boy is crying so much and it is so annoying. Mm -hmm. I also love when they were like talking about the things they've done and how Peter was like, oh, I've gone to space and like uh, Toby was like, I've done this and that. And he was like, Andrew was like, I haven't done any of that. Because <laughs> <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> or like, then, I love when he was like, uh, Tom was like, I'm in the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Like, what's that? that, is that. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, that also was like, 
kind of interesting to me because I think they obviously made a point to remind you, like you said, that this is alternate reality and they don't all have the same thing. So it's like, you know, we got a couple of tidbits that we know in the MCU that there is no Oscorp yet. And he right. doesn't know like anything about Osborne. So it makes me interested in this like future installments. Are we going to like continue on without having that? Are we going to bring in like a Harry who is maybe like doing an Oscorp startup? And like that kind of, are we going to get like little tidbits That's of that? sound like to me. Or are we just going to like go forward and just see other characters who we've never seen? Like Black Cat. I feel like we'll see a Black Cat. In my opinion, um, I think that the way that this ended was fantastic. Um, after they have the whole fight scenes and everything with all the different uh, villains um, and everybody goes back home, I thought that the way that Peter is kind of in college now, he's off into like his own little apartment, um, it gave me the vibe of like, okay, he isn't going to be in high school and doing all the kid stuff anymore. I think now they're mm-hmm. going to see a black cat come in. You'll probably even see him date Gwen um, because the way this movie ended, in order to fix the spell, they could make everybody forget about Spider-Man. And mm-hmm. that just made everybody, including Doctor Strange, just forget, which I think is a perfect way for Sony to get their character back. <laughs> like, they were mm-hmm. like, <laughs> yeah. listen, you had your fun. If we re-up on these contracts, then maybe we'll work something out again. But um, if not, you don't have you don't have to even mention Spider Man going going okay. forward. <laughs> so Which, I I like that they kind of did that. There was something I can't remember what it is right now, but there was something about that spell and like the whole forgetting thing that didn't make sense to me. Mm. Oh, I can't remember what it is. If it, if it, stay tuned to the Twitter guys. I might tweet it out if I remember later on. In time, but um, I thought that was exciting. I think the, also the thing about him being in college is kind of fun. For those who don't know, this is a little fun fact. But in college, in the comic books, Peter Parker's roommate was one Mr. Brian Braddock, who is also was, known yes. as <laughs> Captain Britain. Well, formerly Captain Britain, he's currently Captain Avalon. His sister, <laughs> Betsy Braddock, is currently Captain Britain. Yes, it was. That was his roommate. Um, so that's what I could probably see them doing. I actually wouldn't be surprised if they did bring Brian in as his roommate and did that. Um, and then they have him, because at the end of this movie, after they made everyone forget, MJ and Peter have their uh, their kiss and they met everybody that we're going to forget everybody. It is, he goes and tries to meet up with her, but he doesn't even try to tell her about like everything that happened before. Um, obviously, he looks as if like, he realizes every time he's around them that like mess happens. He she sees the scar on her face and like he's like she would have not even had that had I not even been involved in her life. Mm-hmm. So everyone's gonna move on. So I could see him probably getting new friends with Harry being his new mm-hmm. friend who has a startup company, Rich something in a startup, and um, probably Black Cat is I'm also probably around. Yeah, that's my team. Mhm. Spider-Man's got some great stuff. My favorite times with, to read Spider-Man were his post-grad life and um, post-grad, and I liked when he had Parker Industries. I know most of people didn't, but I did. I was about to say, one of the things I also did like about this movie was, like, I, it reminded you that, like, Peter is smart and, like, mm-hmm. in a scientist way, and I loved, like, all the experiments. I love when he was helping Osborne, like, create the cures for everybody. I love when we saw all three of them kind of working together to do stuff. So I was like, oh, yeah, this is, like, a really smart. interesting aspect of Peter that I like. And it was nice to see that really emphasized. And yeah, 
I'm excited to maybe if Brian pops up. Uh, but I, <laughs> if Brian, I wouldn't be Black surprised if Miles if Miles pops up. That would be hot to see. Um, they did. I did find it funny when they had uh, Electro make that joke. Like, <laughs> I thought you were from Queens. I thought you was gonna be black. And he's uh, like, there has to be a black Spider-Man out there somewhere. Somewhere. That was nice. Um, do you think for the next part of this movie will they do another trilogy, or you think they'll just give him like maybe another one-off? Oh, they'll definitely do another trilogy, for sure. I don't know. I still haven't seen the second one, Far From Home. Um, it's high. Yeah, it's a little bit it's a little bit more MCU-ish than this one. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like, you know, some of the humor and stuff, I think, and like the tone. Somebody but, told me I didn't need to see it. I just needed to know that obviously Mysterio unmasked him at the end, and then they told me something about a post credit scene. And I was like, oh, that's fine. Yeah, that's all you really need to see. <laughs> and then speaking of post credit scenes, um mm-hmm. in this one we get a um first post credit scene of the uh Tom Tom Hardy, right? Yes. Oh, call it. Yeah. Tom Hardy <laughs> who has Venom and he is like going over everything that happened in our universe and then he ends up going back to his own, but some Venom ends up getting left and mm-hmm. in our universe. So eventually we could have our own Venom. So I had a question about that post credit scheme. It was that supposed to be like Sony's version of Venom, or was it just like maybe another alternate version of Venom who knew who Peter Parker was? Because Sony's version of Venom technically doesn't know Peter Parker, so there's no reason he should have been pulled into the universe. So there was an end credit scene in in uh, the Venom Venom movie. I didn't see it, but I did see the post credit scene where he got, like, transported <laughs> into our universe. I don't know how, but the sound effect that it looked like just looked like Wanda. But I don't know what that I don't know what that meant um, or if he or if it was right that I heard that correctly or like if it was something else. But somehow the. The other one got sent over to our universe. I don't know how, but he did. OK. In that okay. movie. Okay. And then he got sent back <laughs> because he okay. can't stay here. He left some venom. So Venom yes. continues to live on. We're never gonna get rid of him. <laughs> yeah. So, he he's here to stay. And who else has get... been oh wasn't um Flash Thompson Venom in the comics at one point in time? Mm-hmm. You think they might do that for that I boy? Hope not. I hope not. That boy is annoying. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that character is useless. So <laughs> don't do that. No, they're probably just go with Eddie Brock. Mm, just a different one. I don't know who that is. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> so we get a second uh, after credit scene, and it is the trailer for Multiverse of Madness, mm-hmm. and um, um, we see. Doctor Strange go up to Miss Wanda Maximoff while she is out pruning these flowers, and he says, "You know, um, I need you for something." And she's like, "You know, I did some some bad things." And he's like, "We're not even talking about." Um, she's so irritated. <laughs> like, you know, girl, girl, just please. Oh, like, yeah, she like ready to give herself up. Where the handcuffs? Take me away. Get out of here with your complex. That's not what we hear. Shut up. Where is Billy? I thought she was looking for him. Yeah. <laughs> that's what she need to be doing. He's going to go search for him. That's the problem. 
Because clearly we see that he's like, you know, there's, have you ever heard of the multiverse? And she makes this look on her face that's like, I have heard of it. <laughs> I heard my son calling my name. <laughs> so um, we see a bunch of these like really cool shots of uh, some, look like Shumagurath is going to be in these in this movie. Um, the They make sure to have that star showing for America Chavez. She's going to be in this um it looks like the tone is going to be like a little bit more scary and all this stuff i really enjoyed the trailer a lot i think it was i'm going to be team baron mordo because he has a point in this because the magicians are getting out of hand i mean steven's getting out of hand and one and one i guess two for two (laughs) (laughs) two for two but I mean, Agatha Wanda and Steven, Wanda and Steven weren't the best people, like to start out with. Who is? In case There's no one. Magic users, all they ever do is just tamper with stuff or don't have enough power to fix it. They haven't. They haven't introduced enough magic users for that to be a legitimate question yet. We probably don't need too many more because they're just gonna ruin more things. This whole, movie showed, this whole movie showed them that they will break the fabric of reality. But he was fixed. Uh, again, that wasn't his <laughs> fault. That was the Green Goblin's fault because he blew the box up. Why were you even doing it in the first place? Because of Peter Parker. It's a mess. Everybody wants to help, but don't want to take nothing to blame when it goes And what about Scarlet Witch? It's crazy. She did that on her own. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) She she did that on her own. That lady's just not nice. I don't have anything to say about that. Okay? I can't help with that one. She, Wes, you can... If they got, if you go up to Westview now and you see a couple burn the witch signs, <laughs> I'm sorry. They got a point. <laughs> it's like, they got a point. So I mean, I guess we'll see. I'm actually, I'm pretty excited for that movie. But that one thing about the Magic Girls is the visuals look hot. So it did look really good. Yeah, I mean, I I had, like, there was a lot in there that was intriguing. Now, I was actually really enjoying like all the little stars that we saw of America too, and her little tidbits that were coming in. So I'm excited to see how she pops in. Strange. Mm-hmm. And just what they do with this magic corner as a whole. Honestly, I've said it before, I'm not really the biggest fan of like multiversal stuff. I do think that it can turn into a little bit of a MacGuffin to just kind of yeah. do whatever. But I do think it'll also be useful for the MCU. I will be completely honest with everyone here. I feel like this is a safe space. I hope so. Yeah. And team recast T'Challa. I do feel like for this sequel, they should respect him and like let that go. But I think in the future if they just want to use that multiverse excuse to like grab a different one from an alternate timeline and bring him in then mm-hmm. go ahead and do that i think there are a lot of things that you want to see from t'challa that you kind of need from t'challa you're not gonna get storm and black panther right and i want to see that right that's mess <laughs> and we yeah. love mess um so you know i'm glad that i need him fun. in the illuminati i need that mm, you want to see all that stuff so we'll see I'm, I I think the multiverse will help them with, with things like that. Yeah. I mean, this uh, trailer just showed that they are giving Doctor Strange somebody to fight because they are talking about, like, there's this big magic threat, and they showed that this magic threat is him, like a dark version of him. So <laughs> magic yeah. always is just ruining it's something. <laughs> Everybody wants to be a part of it. It looks so good. Um 
It's gonna be high. That doesn't look like it's gonna be. Come on. Okay. What would you rate this Spider-Man movie? Honestly. And, and hold on. What would you rate this movie? And out of all of the Spider-Man films, would you rank it towards the top or the bottom? Go. Um. Honestly, this is definitely at the top of the Spider-Man movies by far. Um. Maybe second to only like Into the Spider-Verse. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. It's definitely like top three Spider-Man movies for sure. Um, if you're a Spider-Man fan, you're obviously gonna love this movie. Um, I give this a four point five out of five. Oh, okay. It was a fantastic movie. Okay. I would give it. I would give it a four out of five. I thought it was good. I do. I won't lie. I thought some of the character choices were a little strange, like the whole moments of uh, Stephen and Peter and that whole "Call me Stephen, call me sir, call me Stephen." Like we didn't <laughs> know that. That was like awkward. Um, I felt like the, I, I really did like a lot of the stuff with Peter and MJ. Um, mm-hmm. I felt emotion at some Michelle, of the Michelle. <laughs> Michelle, let it be known. <laughs> Michelle, Michelle Jones, Jones Watson. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought the scene where Aunt May died and like how Peter was like there, I thought that was really well done. That was one thing I'll say. Tom Holland kind of sells his emotional bits really well. He grew. He was like doing it. And I like felt really bad. Um, and I did like the turn of like Aunt May giving him like the. Uh, with the great power comes great responsibility thing. line. It also, but it yeah. also kind of like left me with some questions. I was like, so did like Uncle Ben not die here where he at? Did he just leave? What was he doing? Did she even have an Uncle Ben? Okay, what's up? Ben left. You know, because they they made it they made it a point that the other ones got it from their Uncle Ben, mm-hmm. and they and and Tom never looked like. Like I had an Uncle Ben too. I had an Uncle Ben too. Yeah. Yeah, I felt the energy. Um, so we'll see. But I still like those emotion scenes. Um, the action giving. I thought a lot of mm-hmm. it was great. Like you said, that moment where they were all fighting together and like swinging around the uh, Statue of Liberty was really good. So I'm excited. I think. Damn, well, and his costume at the end, that was hot. That's that probably one of the better Spider-Man costumes that, that they've shown on screen. I think that. And they showed him designing it himself. You know, I know that was the issue people had before. They people call him Iron Man Junior because all of his <laughs> suits were tech. <laughs> but he um, showed him being a broke college kid. And he designed his suit himself. He made his suit, which was really nice. The happy thing was it the happy not remembering him because oh mm-hmm. that yes that is what it was. So you know the spell goes through. Everybody forgets that Peter Parker is Spider Man. However, Happy still shows up to Aunt May's grave. If he mm-hmm. knew Aunt May, he should still know Peter Parker through Aunt May, right? Mm-hmm. But he does know Peter Parker as Spider-Man. Yeah, but it's like, even if he, like, didn't know that Peter Parker was Spider-Man, it was like, he, he made it seem like he didn't know who Peter was. He asked him, he was like, oh, how did you how did you know May? It was like, boy, if you was dating oh, her, yeah. you would see my pictures? Maybe it was... No, I thought it was... Um... I guess maybe you're right. Yeah. I had to think about it again because I thought this, maybe the spell also took away his memories of being Peter Parker, but they also. No, it was Peter Parker, too. I thought it was just it like. Was him, it was him. Because like as the, a person. His, as a person. 
Mm. Because uh, MJ and she didn't Ned did Yeah, I, I remember them not remembering. As Peter, as Peter Parker. I don't know. The happy thing was just kind of weird for me because I feel like, you know, you <laughs> should, like, you can forget that Peter Parker is Spider-Man, but I guess mm-hmm. I don't think you would still forget Peter Parker dating. The spell was for Peter Parker. But whatever. Four out of five. <laughs> I, think if, I think if you're a Spider-Man fan, I can totally see why you love it and like why this would be like one of the greatest Spider-Man movies to you. Like, and it was a lot of fan service for just people. Like, again, I'm not even the biggest Toby. I mean, Spider-Man fan, but like I clapped and screamed a little bit when Toby jumped out his portal because like that was who I grew up with. You know, yeah. he's he gave it. It's cool. <laughs> it was it's cool. cool. <laughs> Um, all right, y'all. Well, that brings us to the end of the show. Let us know if you've seen the movie yet and uh, send us any of your own reviews. Please make sure you check us out wherever you get your podcasts and rate and review us there. You can find us on Twitter at Another Relaunch and as well on Instagram at Another Relaunch. You can find us if you want to watch us on YouTube at Another Relaunch TV. Um, you can find me on most social media platforms at Uncanny LZ. Keenan, where can they find you? You guys know you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Keenan Lance. There's an underscore at the end. Boom. All right, y'all. Let's get up out of here and then we'll catch y'all next week. Peace, Peace out.